Hey, this is Jonathan Pereira from Plant Chicago. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and They're not Robin and Marion. They're not even Robin and Batman. But they are a dynamic duo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Half forests, the wetlands will. Good planets are in the Right. Right. Hey, I just had to say that this morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's another beautiful Saturday. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Peggy. I should have said Peggy's live. Yeah. Hey, where is Mike? I don't know. Mike is, I think he's in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. He's he's not behind me. Mike. (laughs) Mike ain't here. Well, good morning. Yes. Um, This is Peggy Malecki with Kelly Nichols from Mm -hmm. Mom's Clean Air Force. And Mike Novak has the weekend off. He is out in Oklahoma, but uh, he will be back next week. Mm-hmm. And we are holding down the fort, digging in the garden. It's Lady Day today. It's at the Mike Novak. Yes, show. it is. Mike Novak. Novak. Sorry, sorry. I'm from I'm from Maine originally. <laughs> oh, so there you it's go. My <laughs> fault. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in this morning, Kelly. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be sharing the space with such a great show and such an important person. And I love working with Peggy. She and I live in the same town, so we get to chill together a lot and learn about plants. And so it's always the best time being on um, being on the show with you guys. Yeah, welcome back. You were here last, I believe, October 23rd. Oh, yeah, I remember exactly yeah. October 23rd. I remember <laughs> what I was wearing. I remember how I felt that morning. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't even remember what I fed my kids for breakfast. Uh, so. Well, we almost posted a photo of you from that show. But, oh, you did? But we spared you. Oh, that's sweet of you. <laughs> But the photo we pit, we chose to put up uh, on the blog this week is you and doing some community activism, which we're going to get to talking about this morning yeah. as we talk about all sorts of things happening with the environment, with clean air, and with the air we breathe. Yes, yes. An environmentalist never gets a day off. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite pictures. It's me with Dr. Erica Holloman at, at the play-in that we do in Washington, D.C. in 2016. So that's last year's play-in. And Dr. Holloman was talking about environmental justice and some of the things that we're working on in her neck of the woods. And um, it was a really great experience. Lots of kids, lots of moms. Yeah, that's how yeah. we roll at Moms Clean Air Force. Ah, <laughs> yes, and, and, and you can see that photo on the blog for the show, which is at www www.mikenovak.net. Mm-hmm. Spelled with a W, not a V, yes. even though it sounds like a V. <laughs> well, there's a few other things happening that I want to get to because we've got a very busy show, and Rick DeMaio is back. He is going to be talking about some of the big news that broke this week, including mm-hmm. 2016 being the hottest year on record for I the saw planet. That. Yeah. And um, 
I want to give a preview for tomorrow's show before we get to the end and, and we're saying goodbye for the day. So tomorrow from 9 to 11, Lisa Hilgenberg is joining us in the studio. Lisa is the horticulturalist of the Regenstein Fruit and Vegetable Garden at the Chicago Botanic Gardens. I love visiting the Botanical Gardens yeah. with my kids. That That is my favorite part to show them how things grow, and she must be a font of knowledge. I'd love yeah, to talk to her Yeah, yeah. And you're going to want to tune in because I know you've got a lot of tomatoes. Yes. You brought in a I brought cucumber. you a lemon cucumber today. <laughs> Which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the dinger's way over there, so I can't even give you a ding I know. for bringing I'm it in. I Osmotically try to ding oh, it. Oh, you can reach that. That's true. Go re- go reach the dinger. There. Bring the dinger on over here. I'll bring it towards you. Chris. Because we don't have the special dingers for our show. So we've oh, got to use got the studio dingers. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. But um, Lisa's going to be in talking plant care and tomatoes and summer garden and getting ready for fall crops already. Wow, yeah. And Chris Beter from the Botanic Gardens as well, talking ornamental plant care Ooh. and yellow jackets. Plus, we have Michelle Hickey. From the Midwest, uh, from the Resiliency Institute, okay, in Naperville, mm. and she's going to be talking about permaculture and suburban foraging and Ooh. a whole bunch of really cool classes that they've got coming up. Oh, that sounds awesome! I will tune in because that's exactly what I want to know. Mm-hmm. So I will definitely tune in. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I especially want to know about permaculture. I keep asking my husband if we can replant our front yard, and he's like, "No," because he still has that mental fight between the keeping up with the Joneses versus. The permaculture that his wife sort of lives in, so it's hard for him. He goes out and pulls dandelions with a headlamp at night, you know, but at least he doesn't spray stuff on yes. our lawn, so. Yeah, that, that's a good thing. Um, and then, yeah, because I stopped by your house a couple weeks ago. We yep. were looking at your garden, and yes. you've got quite a lot of vegetables growing out back. We do. My tomatoes are horrible this summer because I think of there's so much wet, and I think they're not doing very well. But otherwise, it's it's actually some of the things that didn't flourish last year are flourishing. And I mm-hmm. wish I had more rhyme or reason, but I am not a gardenly educated person. As Peggy walked through my yard, is like, this was this, this is this. I was like, ah. So, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's helpful to have... Uh, experts that are so local and close at yeah. hand to give information. Yeah, so tune in tomorrow morning. You're going to learn a lot. And I also want to let you know, here's a tip from our great sponsor, Logic Lawn Care. Did you know, Kelly, that we're rapidly approaching the absolute best time of the year to get your lawn work done? Hmm, I did mm-hmm. not. So around the end of August, that's when our cool season grasses get established best. Okay. So now's the time to give Logic Lawn Care a call. Your lawn can benefit from properly timed organic fertilization, mm-hmm. non-toxic weed control, high-quality overseeding, and proper watering and mowing. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. Hey, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and special guest Kelly Nichols at WCGO 1590 AM. We'll be back right after the break. Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that is easy and creates beauty? Make the switch to native plants, natural communities native plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for our pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the magic word NOVAK, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. 
Don't just get back to nature, create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Listen to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Maletti, Saturday, 10 to 11, Sunday, 9 to 11, and listen for my weekly updates on both weather and climate on how the environment is changing and whether or not you're going to have tomatoes coming up in the month of July. Again, each weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 10 to 11 on Saturday, 9 to 11 on Sunday on WCGO 1590 AM, Chicago's Smart Talk. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and our special guest this morning, Kelly Nichols from Moms Clean Air Force. If you're just tuning in to us on 1590 WCGO or online at MikeNovak.net or on the TuneIn apps, um, you'll notice Mike isn't here. He's not here. He's not he here. He's not anywhere to be found in this in this building, in this city. Yeah. Any, anywhere. He's he's in Oklahoma um, waiting for earthquakes. Oh, as you do. <laughs> so hello I there, just Mike. picture him sitting in a field just waiting. Just waiting for an earthquake. He'll be Facebook live. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, it's not happening. Tune in in 20 more minutes when there's not another earthquake, and then he'll turn it off and it'll happen right then because that's how Facebook live works. Yeah, and Mike will be back next week with me, and we are going to have more great topics next yeah, week. You guys always do. So. Yeah. So, where did that song come from, Ben? Who's doing Let's Go Organic? I'm not sure who's saying that. Who was the original? Isn't that. Um... Well, it was Elvis. It's Now or Never. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Elvis. Yeah, it, yes, it was. He probably didn't do that version, though. <laughs> I mean, he could have back from on Dean Facebook Martin. Live from the grave. I feel like uh, Dean Martin originally let's did go that. Organic. I don't know. <laughs> Look that up, Ben. So, um, so Kelly's joining us from Moms Clean Air Force, where mm-hmm. she is the Midwest organizer now, and yes. not just the Illinois field organizer. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. That did deserve a ding. Yeah, I just was. Um, my my territory was expanded to include not just Illinois, but Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Minnesota, because there's just a lot of work to be done along the Great Lakes mm-hmm. to focus on clean air and children's health. So that's what we're doing, um, meeting moms in all those places and linking them with the advocacy work and education that we do. So, And Moms Clean Air Force, I read, has just surpassed a million members in May. We did, a million members. And now everyone's like a million moms. And yes, most of our members are moms, but you do not have to be a mom to be part of Moms Clean Air Force. Because I think you pretty much are qualified if you breathe, which is everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically people who are concerned about the planet's future, clean air, and health, you know, and all the things that are linked to that. And so that benchmark was really big for an organization like ours that hasn't been around for, I think we've been around for about five years total. And I think that just shows an inclination towards advocacy and action with people, especially as the planet heats up, like you're about to talk about mm-hmm. later. Um People are starting to see the need for immediate action. And I think as moms, I know that I look at my kids and go, oh, my gosh, I'm so terrified about what what the future holds for them. So that propels me into action. And I feel like that's part of why we have so many interested members and moms right now. Right. And you guys are a grassroots organization that uses the Internet very well. Thank you. Yeah, I would say it's 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 definitely a member based organization that uses the Internet to to allow people to be active even if they're uh, limited by by 
their I don't want to say by motherhood, but by the time that <laughs> the time that motherhood involves by, by having children. Yeah, around. I mean it's hard to be a busy mom and fit ac- advocacy in, and I think our organization helps make that pretty easy for people. So mm-hmm. I love, I love that about us. Yeah, and what are some of the top things? that Moms Clean Air Force focuses on? Well, federally, we look at a lot, especially in this administration, about defending the Clean Air Act and Mm -hmm. all the things that that involves. And that can involve um, the initiative by the head of the EPA, Scott Pruitt, to push back on methane regulations and ozone and smog regulations and all of the things that are are put in place to protect us and our families that – that frequently the more uh, conservative side of the aisle tends to think of as um, expensive and regulatory when really um, the expenses are going to come if we don't put these uh, these health these health uh, protections in place because the health impacts on people are even more costly than um, than a lot of the health impact or a lot of the regulatory impacts or or um, uh, well, I can't think of the word because it's Saturday morning, but <laughs> impacts on companies, you know, yeah. multi-million dollar companies are like, well, we can't do this. But we're like, hey, but nobody wants to pay $280 million for asthma care in the state of Illinois. You know, it's all right? about shareholder return. It sure, it sure is. But if your shareholders are dead because they can't breathe, then that is a problem. Too. That is a problem. And and we're listening to Kelly Nichols. She's joining us this morning from Moms Clean Air Force. Yes. So how did you get to working in Mom's Clean Air Force when you've got a background in, oh, theater? Yes. Yeah, I have a degree in theater, and uh, I have a minor in German, which doesn't come up a lot. Jawohl. But yes, jawohl. <laughs> um, but I did it because after I had, I have twins. They're just about to start kindergarten in a couple weeks. Wow. Yeah, and... Um, when I was home with them, I started to sort of, I think I was dealing with some postpartum issues, but I started to kind of fall into these Google holes um, where I would Google things like climate change and like cancer and like horrible things. You that get depressed. Yeah, that new moms should likely not Google when they're home alone with their children. And uh, it made me really nervous. And so I remember Googling good news climate change or something one day, and I sort of fell into the Moms Clean Air Force website and it had this portal that we actually still kind of use a little bit called Naptime Activism, where it had a whole page full of petitions that I filled out in like two minutes. And I was like, that was activism. And my children are sleeping. This is brilliant. And so that gets a ding. That's right. <laughs> and so I just started to do something that I feel like I've done since my theater years. And that's just I just started to show up when there's an event. I just show up. I'm one mm-hmm. of those people that you could say shows up at the opening of an envelope. Like I literally will. I will come to anything. So I just started to sort of be there, and the more I was there, the more excited the, the team at Moms Clean Air Force got, the more they used me, and now mm-hmm. I work full-time and cover five states and activate other moms that are motivated to create change, and, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes I laugh about it with my husband that, you know, my paralyzing fear postpartum actually ended up getting me employment and yeah. <laughs> it helped me to change the world, you know. Yeah. It also feels like when you're part of a community and you look at that one million number you really see that you're not alone because sometimes when you're at home and worried about these things, it can feel really isolating and really mm-hmm. scary. But when you start to work in a community, um, you end up not feeling like you're the only person that's worried about that problem. And that is helpful. It helps. It helped me sleep at night, you know, to be honest. Yeah. And it, it helps me be more motivated because I see myself as part of a big team who's working toward a common goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys do a lot of education. There's a lot of materials up on MomsCleanAirForce.org. Yes. And a lot of things up on the Facebook page as well. Yeah. But you've got a new campaign going. Um, what happens in your body when you breathe dirty air? Yeah. It's really interesting. And I think that um, 
sometimes when I talk, especially around the city of Chicago, um, especially where I live in the northern suburbs, um, there's a lot of questions from moms and people that say they say things like, "Oh, well, don't we have rules in place to mm-hmm. just keep us safe?" And yeah, I'm like, "Isn't someone looking? Doesn't after so, that? Isn't someone taking care of that sort of thing?" Well, the answer is like, no, and kind of yes, but mostly no. And so, mm-hmm. Chicago, uh, I learned this from Kim Wasserman of Little Village Environmental Justice Organization. Chicago is 30 percent of all manufactured goods in the United States pass through the city of Chicago, right? So as residents in this corridor with all of these interstates and thoroughfares and freeways and highways and and tollways and everything, we breathe a lot of the particulate matter that comes from uh, cars and trucks Mm -hmm. and things like that. And one thing that this uh, new tool that we have on our website shows is when you breathe in those particles or that smog and ozone and that dirty air, exactly what is happening? Is it a small enough particle where it can increase the likelihood of cardiovascular disease as you age? Is it the size of particle where it will amplify your asthma symptoms or create an asthma attack? Is it the size of artic- um, particle that can create other negative health effects? And, and mm-hmm. where do those particles go? And how do the chemicals that are in them affect your body? It's it's more than just <laughs> the air is dirty. Yeah. It's uh, I think people don't think about it, but... Um, it's something that you have to really sort of pay attention to, especially because our children, I know it sounds so silly, but they're lower to, they're lower to the ground. They breathe faster. Their mm-hmm. bodies are still developing. So they're even more vulnerable to these chemicals and these particles and the smog and ozone than adults are. So we're all vulnerable to it. We need to pay attention to it so that we can protect ourselves from it. Yeah. And how, you know, so if I'm thinking of ozone and smog, it, it could be either like sitting on the Eden's. Right. Trying to drive into town um, or getting what's blowing off the Edens. It could, you know, maybe I'm thinking of power plants and other things. What all is affecting our air quality in Chicago? Well, like you said, it's definitely traffic pollution. We kind of live in a hot bowl next Mm -hmm. to a lake, so it gets trapped there. And also we found out that as the planet warms, the air columns are becoming more still. So the nice winds that Chicago is known for aren't coming in as frequently to blow out this particle pollution. Mm-hmm. And when you say smog or ozone for the for the sort of uninitiated air quality people, ozone in this context is not the stuff that protects us from the UV rays okay. of the sun. Ground level ozone is uh, particles that come out of tailpipes that are heated up by sun and weather and created into this sort of this miasma that you breathe in. And if you ever go outside and like Mi- miasma, yeah, you know, me, I'm using my hundred dollar words, <laughs> you know, like a soup that you breathe in. Um, if you ever go for, let's say, a run on a day where you have like um, an ozone issue or there's an mm-hmm. ozone alert or, or there's sort of a heavy ozone in the air, um, you can feel it feels like a sunburn on your lungs. And that's mm-hmm. how you know you've been exposed to ozone. OK. Um, so basically it's traffic pollution. It's pollution from heavy industry. Um, there's a lot of rail that comes through Chicago. There's a lot of there's a lot of industry that's located in the city of Chicago, and also um, the way that the meteorological meteorologically, and you can ask Rick DeMeo about this later. Um, the coal-fired power plants that are up the coast from us in Waukegan and further up in, in Wisconsin, that weather kind of circulates down, so we breathe it. So yeah. all these nice ladies and men that I speak to in other places say, well, but I live in this really nice neighborhood, and that's great, but you can't buy clean air. So, <laughs> you know, you're exposed to it no matter where you live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as far as, you know, what can you do about it? You've got, now you, you've got a couple of twins. What are, what are mm-hmm. things that moms can be doing 
Well, besides the advocacy, advocacy work that course. we talk yeah. about, um, definitely being conscientious of it. There's a few studies that are coming out um, that talk about uh, the exposure of schools and daycare facilities that are really close to public uh, on like okay. highways and byways. Mm-hmm. Also, making sure that when you're going to pick up your kid from these places or you're traveling to these places, not idling your car is a huge way to save, you know, save um, not only money for gas, but also air pollution issues. And also just paying attention when you go outside to what the air quality is rated mm-hmm. at with these really great websites and apps that you can use to find out about air quality um, to know if it's a safe day for your kids to play outside. Yeah, you were mentioning, um, I think the app was Plume. Yeah, I Plume. they have Plume for big cities. We're lucky that they have a listing for Chicago. And this, okay. re- this is a really cool app where you bring it up and it shows you a chart of what the particles in ozone are doing. And whether it's safe to be outside and what it looks like, you know, and sometimes it sends me alerts. It's like, it's going to be clear between 6 and 8 p.m. Now is a good time to go out and play, you know. So it, <laughs> it's a good app if you're if you're maybe not online, <laughs> like a vigilante like I always am checking air yeah. quality to let you know what's going on. Yeah, and you can have it on your phone. And then mm-hmm. online there was, um, I believe it was airnow.gov. Yes, that's a great one. Um I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, Peggy, because I know time is of the essence. But <laughs> we got a couple minutes. Okay, so airnow.gov is a great resource, and that'll tell you. I'm sure people are familiar with the orange, yellow, red alert days if there's smog and ozone. Um, there's an issue with air quality in Illinois where the monitors that pick up particle pollution were not gathering data in the right way. So we don't have complete data on particle pollution in Illinois, at least the last time that I checked. Why is that? I think what happened, and my colleague Brian Yerbyshevsky at Respiratory Health Association has to walk me through this every time I ask about it, but basically the air quality monitors that measure for particle pollution in Illinois, I think the data wasn't being managed correctly at the lab. So you need three years of data before you can start assessing the particle Mm -hmm. data, and we don't have that yet, but I think we're close to having it. Um, But we do have ozone data and smog data. So if something's alerted and you get a red, orange, or yellow day, then you can see that on the maps that are on the airnow.gov website. However... Those standards are based on the governmental health standard for those um, those boundaries for ozone pollution. Mm-hmm. But those boundaries are not only influenced by the health people in the nation. They're influenced by industry who doesn't want a health standard. Like, mm-hmm. So it, the back and forth fight yeah. has created that random number. So if you do have a child with asthma or you have a health issue, um, it's more important to look at the numbers as opposed to the colors because – um, people with lung health issues are uh, their issues are exacerbated at a lower number, even if it's still a green air day. Yeah, you know what and, I mean? And so those numbers are They're just arbitrary. Well, not yeah. super arbitrary. They're not arbitrary, but they are influenced not only by people like me who fight for good air quality, mm-hmm. but also people like the trucking companies. And not to be, not to begrudge anybody, business or industry, but. They're fought for from both sides, and they come as the result of a compromise. They're not even they're not even set by the EPA. They're set by the Office of Management and Budget. So it's just which has its own private interests. Sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely something that you. It's good to know more about it. Right, right. And I would imagine when it's allergy season, for example, and mm-hmm. and somebody might be reacting to pollen, mm-hmm. it's going to have a different effect on them. Yeah, definitely. And, and if that if that is an additional to you, other lung issues you have or other health issues you have, that's something you need to know about before you go outside. And I don't know if you knew this. I did a report a couple of years ago with NRDC and a couple of other organizations uh, that said Chicago is one of the top five, I think, sneeziest and wheeziest places in really? the country. Yeah. Hmm. And as the planet heats up, allergy seasons are going to get worse. So it just yeah. it keeps snowballing. <laughs> yeah, because the seasons are changing. Plants are 
perhaps releasing pollen earlier? At different times, yeah, yeah, than you would expect. I know my allergies are not necessarily getting increasingly worse, but definitely weirder at different times of the year. Lasting longer. I mean, I've kind of grown out of my ragweed, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, It still affects me, but... Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's now year round. Yeah, and I notice it more me. in my kids because they don't have the histamine response that I've developed over however many years I've been on the planet. So watching them react to it is very interesting. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, we're going to go to break shortly, but when we come back, I do want to go over some of the more specific issues related to ozone yep. and some of the stuff happening with, happening with the EPA. Mm-hmm. And then you've been really busy um, as the manganese story has heated up again on the southeast side. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Living it. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and again, the potential EPA budget cuts, which are just kind of wreak havoc. So how are you, are you like actively involved in studying those or as part of Mom's Air Force doing that? Yeah, all of us are. We're definitely learning it state by state how we'll be impacted and also nationally how we'll be impacted. And a big thing that they're concerned about in Illinois um, and all the Great Lakes states is protection for the Great Lakes, but also protection for cleanup on Superfund sites and brownfields and things like that. And these are just things we can't live without so yeah yeah well we'll talk about that after the break um we are with kelly nichols here in studio it's the mike novak show with peggy malecki on 1590 wcgo Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, I should have brought my cardigan sweater. You should have. That was a missed opportunity, Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we 
we've got an ant crawling around on the floor. We don't have the magic trolley, but maybe that's the magic ant. He is. He's coming here to take us to. Uh, who's the king? And who's the king? I forget his name. King Friday. You're the one with twins. At I home. know, but they never were into the Daniel but, Tiger yeah. <laughs> situation. I, I don't know. And and Mike's out there, so maybe Mike can fill us in on that. We one. need him to come right away and get this ant outside. <laughs> is what it's a big. Yeah, ant. Mike reported that was Eco Elvis. That uh, we that Ben played before, yeah. Eco Elvis wrote the song that Real Elvis wrote the first version of. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome back. Um, this is Peggy Malecki with Mike Novak Show, and we are live with Kelly Nichols from Mom's Clean Air Force in mm-hmm. studio, and we've been talking about how her organization helps moms and dads and parents and concerned citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, focus on clean air and also work with their government agencies to try and improve things. But before we get to some of the bad news, you wrote me and said there's some good news of what happened with Scott Pruitt and the EPA (laughs) and implementing the Obama-era... Peggy, it's a stretch to thank Scott Pruitt for this. Well, no, (laughs) no, it's the courts. The courts. What what happened with all of this? Yeah, I don't think we can thank Scott Pruitt. Let's just throw that out there right now. Uh, He's not doing his job uh, to keep us safe, that's for sure. But um, one thing that we can uh, appreciate, uh, we have a... One of our consultants uh, who's organizing in Pennsylvania is our methane expert, and she told us this week the email, which also came through around the same time in the news, that the um, the uh, stay on methane, the control of methane from mm-hmm. oil and gas wells. Now, this is a reach for me, Peggy, because Illinois is not technically a methane state, so it's hard for me to know all about this because <laughs> it's not a methane state. But I know that they, I think they decided that the stay wouldn't work and that they couldn't, and we do need to start regulating methane, which is a huge victory because mm-hmm. methane is such a huge greenhouse gas contributor, and it's it's um, something like 25 times more powerful than CO2 in terms of its ability to heat the planet. Right. Um, right. So controlling it uh, is a great idea, not only because of the planet, but also no one wants to waste something that can be a fuel, so it's also cost-effective to um to not let it leak out into the world yeah they could mm-hmm. just figure out how to make more money off of it oh sure that's, that's the point really yeah. money yeah <laughs> well the other was a press release that came out um and the epa reversed its course on the ozone rule they did yeah mm-hmm. which um, is excellent because i know moms fought really hard to get that because what happened was remember how we talked in the last segment about those numbers being set right yeah so there was a point during the obama administration where they were considering the ozone rule when Gina McCarthy was the head of the EPA. Mm-hmm. And basically they were looking for commentary from industry, from environmental groups to talk about where that ozone level should be set. Right. And there was a lot of back and forth mm-hmm. and we didn't get exactly where we wanted as an environmental group, but we did get a, we did get a, um, a bit in the right direction to be uh, at a healthier level for smog and ozone. It's not, it's absolutely not optimal, but it's better that when you're, Battling with the industry that has a lot of money, it's good to get a little bit, gain gain some ground anyway. So that was being set up to be implemented. And, of mm-hmm. course, when this administration changed and Scott Pruitt became the head of the EPA, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we what? don't need no stinking regulations. <laughs> you got that out of come here. Come on. So um, basically... Uh, the nice part is that we'll still be able to move at the moment, we'll still be able to move forward to implement those new smog and ozone rules and people will be held accountable and need to be in attainment or there'll be penalties for being in what they call non-attainment. Yeah. And if I understand it correctly, they were looking to delay Mm -hmm. implementation of the regulations and it took 16 state attorneys general 
all Democrats filing a lawsuit that challenged the delay. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Illinois was on that list. I know they've been on, um, I know Attorney General Lisa Madigan has been on the list for a few things related to the Clean Power Plan and the Paris Agreement and things like that. But it's mm-hmm. it's a logical thing to push back on because that is literally something that is keeping people safe. And yeah. to push back on it is so irrational and, and, and unconscionable that it makes sense yeah. that you wouldn't want to delay that implementation. Yeah, and the... Um... You know, it's it's just kind of interesting because there was another thing. Scientific American had a story. Uh, Obama admissions rules could yield three hundred billion annually. Yeah, in savings by yeah twenty thirty. To t- I mean, P- Peggy and I are close on social media, so I'm sure she sees my gobsmacked reactions when <laughs> things like this come out on the news. But what blows my mind is that this administration is like money, 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 regulations, regulations, regulations. But what they seem to not see is the financial gain from renewable energy and renewable resources, right? Mm-hmm. They don't see the financial gain from implementing these these health protections. Um, I don't understand how the blinders can be there. I yeah. mean, I get it because now the context of this administration and other things is yeah. clearly saying that the blinders are everywhere. But but the money savings, the the health savings, like I just don't get it. They're so oblivious to it. I just don't well, understand there's, it. There's some method to the madness because on the other side of the coin – um, the Washington Post just reported last week that polluter fines dropped 60 percent. I did see in that the one current too. administration. Yeah, too, because so. they're not enforcing regulations because they want to go easy on businesses because industry, coal miners, blah, blah, blah. And like I was saying, one thing I love about Moms Clean Air Force is that we are what we like to call mom partisan, which means that when solutions come from either side of the aisle, we are excited about it. And I feel mm-hmm. like elected officials that are doing a really great job uh, are considering the context. You know what I mean? They're not looking at an isolated sort of story of coal miners that like Trump likes to focus on or and also um, those jobs are definitely I mean, I don't want to get in the, the, the deeps with coal mining jobs because I don't know enough about that. But I know that that industry is petering out because of other things like natural gas and other uh, energy resources. And so to segue those jobs into a just transition to a healthier economy and to a healthier job for a person in that community is something that you want to look at too, yeah. you know, instead of yeah. sta- saving something that can't be saved or is less likely to be saved. So. Yeah. Well, we're talking with Kelly Nichols from Moms Clean Air Force this morning on the Mike Novak Show. And I want to come back a little closer to home okay. because in the last week, there was a lot of news about manganese, which is. It's a neurotoxin. It's, it's, it's an element that's good for you yeah. if you're taking it as a supplement. But when you're breathing it, yeah, it's a neurotoxin. Well, it's an element that's good for you if you take it in a measured amount. Yes, yes, not, but what, not when you're breathing it and it's all in all the air and you can do nothing to control it. Yeah. And the news broke, um, I think it was on August 7th, yep. that Region 5 EPA has cited a company called SH Bell. Yep. For manganese air pollution in Chicago. And this is happening on the southeast side. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And you're involved with um, Southeast Side Coalition to ban Petco, mm-hmm. Southeast Environmental Task Force, National Resources Defense Council, or NRDC, National mm-hmm. Nurses United, and Moms Clean Air Force. Right. Right. We're working towards um, addressing this manganese issue. Uh, and it's where, interesting. Where is it coming from? It's, well, <laughs> uh, it's coming. Okay. I'm trying not to be biased. The monitors that were put in place to detect levels of pet coke with the last historic pollution <laughs> issue, one of the historic pollution and, and issues. And pet coke being pet coke coming is, from the steel industry. Well, no. Pet coke is a byproduct of uh, oil, oil, refinery, oil refinery, petroleum okay. refinery. Yeah. Yep. Manganese is more steel. Industry. Manganese yes. is, is used in the steel industry it's to make steel. It's fine. <laughs> it's cool. I got you. Um, so basically, 
the pet coke piles were these gigantic piles of black dirt, black pet coke that were blowing into people's homes. So they put up monitors, thanks to the EPA and Dick Durbin and and some advocacy work that was done by the people on the Southeast Side Coalition to Ban Pet Coke and the Southeast Environmental Task Force and the, and the local community groups that are organizing down there. They're mm-hmm. doing an amazing job. They've been doing it for years. This is not the first pollution problem there. It will not be the last. It's just one in a long line of issues that's facing this frontline community, mm-hmm. this environmental justice community. So monitors were put up to pick up the pet coke, right? Mm-hmm. They found out that the monitors picked up the pet coke. But additionally, the monitors also picked up manganese, which is a neurotoxin. And it's a very tiny, fine particle that crosses the barrier into the brain and create and creates symptoms that are like Parkinson's or ALS. Again, it's something that's even worse for a developing brain like in a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like you said, in small amounts, it's healthy. But in large amounts or uncontrolled amounts, it's not healthy. And yeah. the reason that the EPA came in is... Um, is partially because uh, we just did our annual plan for climate action in Washington, D.C., and a group that I work with down there, Olga Bautista, who's part of the Southeast Coalition to Ban Pet Coke and the Southeast Environmental Task Force, she runs a group called the Rebel Bells, which is basically like, she says, if the um, Black Panthers and the Girl Scouts had a baby, (laughs) that's what the Rebel Bells is. So (laughs) the Rebel Bells and Olga, um, which includes some girls from Northwest Indiana and their moms and Southeast Side um, Chicago and their moms, came to D.C. and talked in person to Dick Durbin, who had been such a great advocate in the fight against pet coke, and said, hey, Senator Durbin, we got rid of the pet coke, and now it's just transferred in our neighborhood, but here's manganese. And so uh, how can you help us? And Senator Durbin wrote three letters to the CDC, the EPA, and also to SH Bell to say, hey, what's going on? The EPA looked at it more closely, Mm -hmm. found out that the um, company was in violation. They gave them their first notice of violation um, last this week, which is why the news kind of blew Mm -hmm. up around it. And it was really, actually, just as a side note, it was really great to see advocacy at work in that moment. We got to have FaceTime with Senator Durbin. We told him our problem. He wrote these letters. Suddenly, the problem is being addressed. It was really an exciting moment. And for Moms Clean Air Force, I felt like it was neat to link the person who has the problem with the person that can solve the problem. So anyway, um, basically, now they have a notice of violation. The issue with manganese and the reason we're still moving forward organizing around it is because... um, the levels that are health levels for manganese are a chronic level, not an acute level, which means that you have to be exposed to it for a certain amount of time for them to decide whether or not it's healthy for you. And mm-hmm. the people down there don't have that time. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many pollution issues down there that to wait a year to find out about manganese is um, is not is not helpful right, or healthy. Right, right. So, and is this something that people are going to know if they've got? manganese issues or no. it's going to show up 20 years from now? Well, who knows, really, yeah. because there's not enough known about it. So what what we're working together with these coalitions that are in the neighborhood to do is we're helping to amplify their message on a national play, in a national way from, with Moms Clean Air Force. Mm-hmm. But also we're doing um, some advocacy work in the community to let the community know what is happening, how to look for symptoms, what the health effects are, are and what they can do about it right. if they're having problems. And that's part of what the advocacy world is. It's like we have to educate, use, you know, God bless the EPA, but they were like, oh, they can go on the EPA website. And I know as a mom, I would never Google dust in my house on the EPA website. So making sure we get out on the streets and let people know door to door is the most effective way. So that's how we're helping to organize um, the groups that are working there. Now, you've got a lot of people 
down there working, but oh, if yeah. other folks from the Chicago area want to get involved either with the local advocacy there or with Moms Clean Air Force, what should they be doing? They should reach out to me. That's definitely okay. my information is available on Moms Clean Air Force's website, which is um, my first initial and last name at momscleanairforce.org. So Kay Nichols at momscleanairforce.org. It's very easy to find. Say that a little slower. No, Peggy. Faster, faster, faster. No. <laughs> it's Kay Nichols at momscleanairforce.org. And if you go to our website and look under Illinois, you'll see my smiling face and just click on that link and email me. <laughs> And um, I can link you into these fights. Okay. You can show up with me. We can show up together. Wonderful. <laughs> Sounds good. And I'm sure we are not done talking about manganese. We sure aren't. Yeah. Well, Kelly Nichols is joining me this morning on the Mike Novak Show on 1590 WCGO. we got to go to a break. But we will be back with Rick DeMaio. This is Mike Novak. Join me on Friday, August 25th, for a discussion about factory farms at Nana Organic Restaurant in the Bridgeport neighborhood of Chicago. I'm moderating a forum presented by Crate Free Illinois with noted sustainability experts, including Mark Ayers, Illinois Director for the Humane Society, which is launching its Illinois Agriculture Advisory Council. That's August 25th at Nana, 3267 South Halstead Street in Chicago. It starts at noon and it's free. See you there. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and our special in-studio guest, Kelly Nichols. Mike's got the weekend off, but he is out there tweeting. So, hey, Mike. A little bit of housekeeping before we get to meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Tis the season to be thinking about how to make your lawn beautiful and sustainable at the same time. Logic Lawn Care will show you how, and they're ready to take that philosophy and apply it to your local schoolyard or municipal park as well. They'll sit down with you and local officials and discuss ways to make public areas green and safe the way they did with Skokie's Village Green. Check it out for yourself. Find out more at LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. And with that, good morning, Rick DeMaio. Yeah, good morning, Peg. How are you? I'm in beautiful northeast Pennsylvania, drying out from nearly two inches of overnight rain. So hopefully wow. 
Uh, hopefully the rain that came through here last night will exit the area so we can enjoy the nice weather that you're enjoying back in Chicago. Yeah, it's gorgeous here. Um, this is this is Veggie Fest weekend, and we had uh, Jonathan Kruger from Veggie Fest on last weekend. And Veggie Fest is normally hot, rainy summer weather, and I'm going to be down there today and tomorrow with 75 degrees and sunshine. It's going to be gorgeous. Yeah, and obviously uh, the cooler weather has also been accompanied by dry weather as well. I mean, in the last seven days, most of Cook County and the surrounding regions have picked up pretty much maybe an inch to about an inch and a half, and mm-hmm. most of that came uh, in a very short amount of time. So if you look back at the last seven days, Peg, uh, we're basically in a bit of a drying pattern, which is somewhat needed considering we had nearly, what, a foot to a foot and a half of rain from yeah. June 1st to July 30th. So I think for most people, particularly the gardeners, your your weekend warriors, so to say, are, are kind of welcoming this uh, dry, cool pattern that we're under right now. Yeah, and and it's kind of a fooler, though, because we're sitting here enjoying the gorgeous weather in the Midwest. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, the news came out this week that 2016 was the planet's, planet's hottest year on record. You sent some information about the Northwest Passage being broken through by an icebreaker sooner than ever before. Europe's sweltering. The West Coast is sweltering. And we're sitting here in gorgeous weather. What's going on? Now it's creepy, Yeah, right? I, 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 I think um, every once in a while when people think about, you know, global weather, you, you tend to, you know, localize it, which you really can't do. Uh, you have to use, you know, more of a, a larger scale view. Um, and, you know, shows such as this where you and Mike talk about things that are happening not only here in the United States, but also in parts of Europe, uh, and particularly, uh, you know, the Arctic, um, makes you realize more of of the fact that you have to go beyond your not only your your backyard, but your state boundaries and your national boundaries uh, to get a little bit better perspective on on things, um, you know, going on worldwide. So, to to kind of touch on a couple of things, the heat wave that's been ongoing, uh, particularly in southern sections of Europe. Uh, it's been really, really hot. Most of southern areas of Spain, southern areas of France, much of the Mediterranean sweltering in temperatures well over 100 degrees. You know, northern sections of Europe, they've been a little bit on the cool side. And, you know, even when I was in Iceland for a couple of weeks, we basically had below normal temperatures. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you touch in, you touch on the fact that that icebreaker that went through the Arctic just recently, um, you know, broke through the ice. I believe it was the second earliest they've they've seen um, you know, be able Actually, to I think break through that Northwest Passage. First, I think it's now the earliest, July 27th. Now it is the earliest. That's yeah. right. Um, and part of it is due to really two things. So when people hear about a ship being able to break through ice, there's two ways that you can do that. A, the ice is probably not reforming um, as as quickly as it did um, in the wintertime, which allows it to break apart earlier at the end of the summer. Uh, but also the global weather patterns have changed, allowing for, you know, more substantial wind flow across that particular area. So when we mm-hmm. look at Arctic sea ice, we look at not only the surface, uh, but also the volume. And the volume is really key because that really determines the thickness of the ice. And if you have ice that's not as thick, uh, it's able to move around uh, much more. And that's one of the reasons why that ship was able to break through. So yes, when people hear these things and they only see them, you know, just as basically headlines on the Internet or across mm-hmm. Instagram or, or tweets and stuff like that, it's important to kind of go a little bit more deeper into the science. So uh, it's important that it's talked about. I think shows like this, um, you know, enable that to happen. 
Kelly, you had a question. I did, Rick. I do have a question because a lot of a lot of pushback I get in Chicago with the weather that we've been having here all summer is that you know climate change. What climate change? But this is yeah. this weather is also linked to climate change in a way too, right? Does it have? I mean, I'm totally. I hear that when you make something up, you say it with authority and people believe you. So I don't want to do that. But um, when is it because of the wind patterns blowing over the ice that we're getting this cool weather? Is that – I might help. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. You're, you're right about that. I mean, the pattern that we've been in uh, for the month of, I want to say, probably May, June, and most of July uh, was pretty much left over for what we had in the wintertime, which was actually a very, very stubborn – area of low pressure, kind of like this, um, I hate to use the word polar vortex because we have polar vortexes every Mm -hmm. year. Um, This was basically the pattern across the eastern third of Canada and into parts of Greenland, and it pretty much just slowly eroded from the south and then pushed northward. Uh, But one of the reasons why we've been so wet uh, is the Gulf of Mexico was incredibly warm throughout the entire winter and into the spring. And remember, even when we got hot, it was incredibly humid. And we were basically on that juxtaposition of the edge of the cooler air from the north and the very, very warm and incredibly humid air from the south. And that's one of the reasons why, if you draw a line of where the heavy rain was, it was pretty much from areas of Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, and right into northern Illinois. Um, So again, oftentimes when when people hear about things that are, are... are not so much changing, but steady state in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can end up on the cool side of things, but not realize that 100 miles to the south and west, uh, they're sweltering in temperatures well into the 100s. And that was the case, if you remember back in uh, July when we were getting all the heavy rain, just to the south and west of us, you had temperatures well into the 100s. Yeah. In parts of Iowa and, and even downstate Illinois was well into the 100s. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it's it's sometimes difficult for people to understand how close things can be yeah. to being completely different from what they were over the over a two week period. Right, and I know I've just been reading a lot of articles lately about how you can already see the changes in the agricultural output. And I just read an article oh, about yeah. people that work outside in the deep mm-hmm. south and also right now in the northwest that are being made vulnerable, like the people that do lawn care and things. They're working in this hundred twenty plus degree heat index heat, and they're you know, the health impacts of that, too, are really grave. Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if, if anything, the hotter summers, which we've, which we've seen already, not only here in the United States, but also globally, uh, is probably going to affect people who work in the ag field, or the ag, I should say the agricultural industry uh, in the fields, particularly in the south, the southern mm-hmm. plains. Um, and they're expecting to harvest uh, this year's wine crop, get this almost three and a half weeks wow. ahead of schedule in parts of, yeah, in parts of, California, Oregon, and also into Washington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to note that even though they may harvest early, uh, the viticulturists have done an incredible amount of research. Mm-hmm. And even though they're harvesting early, hey, hey, they've Rick? still been able to... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, not, not to cut you off on that. We got, we got about 30 seconds here for the forecast. What do we got for the week? <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't realize we were that close yeah. up against the clock. Um, but we could talk more about the wine harvest yes. next week. Yes, so, bring some so, wine. <laughs> Yeah, dry, dry weather today, dry weather tomorrow, uh, dry weather into Monday and Tuesday with temperatures right around 80 degrees. Nothing in a way of any heat and humidity uh, anytime soon. So to finish up on that note, beautiful weather for the next seven days and great work if you have a garden and you want to go outside and do some work. Wonderful. Thank you so much, meteorologist Rick DeMaio. I want to thank Kelly Nichols. 
for joining us in studio this morning from Mom's Clean Air Force. Thanks to Ben Boquist for spinning the dials over there. Thanks to Mike Novak for doing some tweeting. And until tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Oh, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. <laughs>